Hi everyone, welcome to the fifth episode of the Armory 33 podcast. As always, I'm your host, Quinn, and today I'm joined by a special guest, Mike. Mike, how are you doing today, bud? I'm doing pretty good. So what have you been up to? Well, the last few months I've done some traveling, did some concerts during my traveling. I uh, went out to Los Angeles for about a week, and I went to two shows out there. Very nice. What shows did you see out in L.A.? So the first one I went to was the final night of the Jane's Addiction and Smashing Pumpkins tour. It's also the season closer at the Hollywood Bowl, which celebrated their 100th anniversary. So that was one of the uh, venues I've always wanted to visit. It was on their bucket list of venues I wanted to go to. And uh, it was a good way to see it at the end of their 100th anniversary. What a way to go out to with Jane's Addiction and Smashing Pumpkins. Yeah. That must have been a great show. It was. Uh, I know, but the people listening don't know. You also saw another last show on your t- on that trip too, correct? That is correct. You want to tell the people listening what that was? So I went to the final night of Elton John's uh, U.S. run. So it was night three of three at Dodger Stadium. And that was the one they also recorded for Disney Plus too. Yeah, so it is on Disney Plus. Uh, they live streamed it. It was a good show. I mean, I can I can only imagine what it was like being in there in person, seeing Sir Ellen John perform. It was definitely a, a nice night to be there. The weather was perfect. I mean, it's California, so the weather's good. Is it ever really bad in LA? It got a little cool at night for the Smashing Pumpkins show. So to the point where I actually had long pants and a jacket on, I was still kind of cold. But at least with Dodger Stadium, you have an enclosure, so the wind wasn't really hitting you. Uh, but yeah, weather was perfect. It was about 65 degrees, low humidity, slight breeze in the air. Couldn't ask for a better night. How was the traffic in and out of that? Because I know it's L.A. traffic. You, were you stuck for a couple hours? I was not, actually. So watching the news from the first night, because the night I landed there uh, was the night one. So on the news the next morning, they had people that were missing about 45 minutes to an hour of the show just trying to get in so i made sure when i got the email that said what time the gates opened that i was going to be there when the gates opened so which was 5 30 i pulled off the interstate at 5 30 and it still took me 45 minutes to get through the line of cars to get into the parking lot concert started at seven or eight eight o'clock okay okay so you had time you had time to get in there and get your spot and everything like that walk around yeah so they also then had a huge line distance they also had some areas blocked off because there's a bunch of vips that were there uh, for the night, Mick Jagger was also there. Paul McCartney was there. Neil Patrick Harris, John Stamos, oh, Miles MP, Teller. MP, Miles Teller, he's been everywhere lately. Yeah. Did you see his Super Bowl commercial? I did. You know he learned how to move to do Footloose. So Kevin Bacon's still Kevin Bacon. Yeah, that one's still that. I mean, Julianne Hough is in the new one. Mike, you and I, we used to work together. We stayed close since you know I've upgraded where I worked. No offense. Uh, one thing good. that I think you and I first bonded on. I came to work with the company that you worked for. We're not going to mention any names. We're going to keep that. But I think one of the first things that we bonded over was music. That's correct. I think one of the first times I met you, you might have had the Queen shirt on. Yeah, I own a couple of them. Yeah. And I think I just, it was one of those things I was passing you. I'm like, nice shirt. You're like, yeah. And you just went on like a spiel of something. (laughs) And I was like, okay, so this is the music guy. Like every place you work has like a sports guy. A music guy and a movie guy, and it, I mean, yeah, I'm definitely not the sports guy. No, it was one of those things. I just remember I was like, "Oh, he's the music guy," and I think he came up to me a couple of days later in in our department, and he was like, "Hey, did you see this, this, and this?" I'm like, "No," and then you're like, "We well, need to go look at this right now," and I think you just like pulled your phone out and you're like, "You just started showing me videos." And you're like, sounds about you're right. like, "I was at this concert. I've been to this <laughs> concert. I've been to this concert." In your life, how many co- estimate? Because I know you don't know the exact number. 
How many concerts have you been to in your life? It's around 250. Around 250. I was going to say, I'm probably close to like anywhere between 50 to 100. Because I figured out a few years ago, I hit 200 when I saw Pearl Jam at Wrigley Field. I saw them out there twice. So that was number 200 and 201. And then just kind of guesstimating the amount of shows I've done since then is probably around 50. So if I'm not at 250, I'm pretty close to it. Or you might even be over it. Or I could even be over it a little bit. Now, what do you constitute as a show? Does it have to be a big venue? Does it have to be a small venue? It can be any size venue. Anywhere that you have to pay $10 and up for a ticket. Basically, yes. So for the Boomsbury Fair, you would consider that a show? I would consider that a show. I haven't done a huge amount of shows there, but like four maybe. Ironically, my lovely wife and I, that's where we've been, a majority of our concerts together have been to the Booms Fair. Because it's like, oh, hey, this artist is coming. Let's go see them. Let's go see them. You're in the more, you're in the 80s and 90s, some yeah. 70s, correct? Like, what, yeah. what is your, what's your go-to genre to listen to? Mainly classic rock into the nine from 60s into the 90s. Now, with you being the almost 250 plus shows, what would you say are some of the best shows that you've been at? So production-wise, anything from Roger Waters, he's from Pink Floyd, so I saw him do Dark Side of the Moon live in its entirety. Uh, I saw The Wall live, which is probably one of the most impressive shows I've ever been to, because he literally built a wall. And I saw that at a couple times, but the last one was at Citizens Bank Park, so the wall went from foul pole to foul pole. Uh, he had an animals-inspired stage for the following tour, and then I did the most recent one uh, called This Is Not a Drill, where he did a center stage. But still, the production value is still really high. Has the inflatable pig at all the shows. It's always different things are written on it. Now, is there one group or artist that you would say you've probably seen more than others, or do you pretty much like to spread your concert going experiences out to different genre or different groups and artists? Well, currently I'm tied with three different people for the most viewings. So right now, all tied at pretty much nine is Bon Jovi, Roger Waters from Pink Floyd. And Bruce Springsteen. Uh, in one month, I will be seeing Bruce Springsteen again. So that'll... That's going to tease you to take time slot. Yep. And if you want to count it, I also saw him do a guest appearance at a Rolling Stone show and a solo mini appearance from him. So technically, I've seen Bruce the most. Is there a movie that came out maybe a couple years ago of a kid from like overseas where he wanted to come to America just to meet Springsteen? Yeah, Blinded by the Light. Is that what it was? Did you see that? Was it good? I did. I don't really remember a whole lot about it. I only saw it once. <laughs> I'm not I'm not one to sit and watch movies based on groups like that, so like a movie like that. But one movie that I know you and I have talked a lot about has been Bohemian Rhapsody. Yep. With it being Queen. I th- I think uh Remy Malik did a fantastic job. Yeah, the movie was fairly accurate in terms of information they presented, it just wasn't correct in the timeline it actually happened. You wanna elaborate on that a little bit or just when they you know, show some of the songs being written. They either show them being performed before they were written, such as, like, Fat Bottom Girls was shown, like, in the mid-70s, where that wasn't written until the later 70s. They also show them writing We'll Rock You into the 80s when that came out in 77. This whole thing with AIDS diagnosis uh, shows that before the Live Aid concert, and then reality, uh, he didn't find out for two more years. But still overall a great movie. Yeah, yeah. Enjoyed it very much. Saw it in the theaters at least two or three times. I... Don't think we saw it in theaters, but it was one of those ones that as soon as it came out, we were at Walmart, and I was like, yep, we're going to take this home and we're going to watch it. And there was also one about the Beatles recently, around the same time, too. Yeah, it's not a biopic, but it's a story that all of a sudden 
the Beatles don't exist except for this one guy still knows all their stuff. Yeah, yeah. So he was a struggling musician and uh, basically he starts passing off all their songs as his. And then he comes across like a random other like small group of people that's like, we know what you're doing. It's like, you know, we're aware of these songs as yeah. well. Yeah. I think Ed Sheeran's in that too, I think. Yeah, he, he plays himself. Yeah. So what would you say is another one of the better shows that like you've seen? So you were talking about production-wise. What about just great like showmanship, so to say? We'll go with Bruce Springsteen on that. Bare-bones stage, but he plays for three-plus hours every night. His set list can vary every single night, so if you see him three nights in a row... You're going to hear, a, di- you're gonna hear yeah. a different set list. Yeah, there's always a handful of songs he plays every night, but you can get three completely different set lists otherwise. Uh, Pearl Jam is also in the same uh, category as that, that... They change up their setlist every night, and usually their stage is pretty bare bones. But they love a big screen up so you can see. Maybe oh, some, yeah. You know, just some fancy people, lights. But, just you know. for the people that are sitting on the way back in the nosebleeds where you can't really see down to the stage, you get the big screen. But, yeah, no major props or high production value, just three-plus hours of them just rocking. So I have written down here on my notes three concerts I've been to that hold, hold a very special place in my heart, which is very weird. So the first one was, this is going to sound really bad, it's probably going to tune you out for a little bit, but it was a country concert. Yeah, I'll pass on that It one. was, there's a story behind it. So it was Luke Bryan, Little Big Town, and Dustin Lynch in Maryland. The only reason, well, one of the reasons that concert holds a very special place is that's actually where I took my wife on our first unofficial date. Like That was our first unofficial date together, and that was April 8th of 2016. So her and I were coming up on year seven starting soon which I believe we mentioned in the, in the Valentine's Day episode. Year 7, I wish I could take her back and relive that night one last time, but I don't want to drive to Maryland. But that that's one of the concerts that holds a special place in my heart because, you know, we really didn't know each other very well. It was kind of a spur-of-the-moment trip, but, I mean, we ended up spending a weekend with friends, and we had a good time, and, I mean, look at us now, seven years together. End of next month, we're going to be married for four years already. Good deal. That's... Music brings people together. Look at look at Live Aid. Look at Farm Aid. I went to Live Earth in two thousand seven. <laughs> it's like Al Gore's version of Live Aid. Another concert that I went to, which is actually something I did for myself, it was Rob Zombie, Disturbed, and Pop Evil at Hershey. So it was in the Giant Center. It's a decent sized arena. AHL, so like yeah. ten thousand, twelve thousand yeah. seats. Ten ton, yeah, ten, twelve thousand people. But just this, and that was back in like two thousand. That might have been 2016 as well. I think 2016 is a year I went to a lot of concerts. The reason I went is, A, it was Disturbed, and B, it was Rob Zombie. And I remember growing up playing sports where it was like, those are the two people you listen to the most to get you hyped up for something. So I was like, you know what? It'll probably be one of the last times I ever see Rob, I have a chance to go see Rob Zombie. I'm going to go see Rob Zombie. Another one, and this is going to sound, again, this might turn you off. This might intrigue you a little bit. Jimmy Buffett puts on a hell of a show. One of my friends is a huge Jimmy Buffett fan. He's seen he, him many times. He's a parrothead? Yep. He's a parrothead? I mean, I've seen him in Jersey. He did shows in Hershey. Have you ever been to a show where you just hated it? Like, you just... The production was horrible. The artist sounded horrible. You could tell they were lip-syncing. No, I haven't really done any shows that I would deem terrible. Like I said, I saw Bob Dylan at a festival. I wasn't there to see him specifically, but... I just thought he was pretty bad. <laughs> um, he didn't play anything recognizable. He didn't sound good. And not that Bob Dylan's ever sounded great. I mean, technically, one time I saw Jane's Addiction, they were pretty terrible. They kind of redeemed themselves at the uh, Smashing Pumpkin show. 
It's it's always good when you see them one time and then you give them a second chance. That's yeah. what I'll do. I'll give them two chances, but next I would say Cheap Trick was pretty terrible when I saw them. That was a Bloom Fair show. They played like two songs that people knew, and the rest was just kind of garbage. Filler. They just yeah. basically got paid to show up, and they did it for a paycheck. Pretty much. I mean, if you were a diehard fan, I'm sure you'd recognize them. But they had a new album coming out. Nobody cares about any Cheap Trick fan unless you're a huge Cheap. So trick. that was early 2000s. No, this was like four years ago. Really? Yeah, 2018, 19, somewhere around there. See, I don't remember that. Cause I try and keep up with what posts they have. I'm gonna say it was 19, because I think it was the last year because the following year they didn't have the fair. So yeah. it was 19 that year. So, so I think they didn't have it in 20. Yeah, and I haven't gone to any shows there since then. What is it? This year they're having the ninety. Is it the ninety store? Is this year? Yeah, that's has been all iced out. It. Do you want to go? Should we go? Should we just go? Should we just relive like the latter part of the nineties? I mean, that's early nine, but they have all kinds of stuff. Yeah, who else is there? But there's like six bands there or something. I I don't know if it's worth the thirty five dollars for a ticket. And Richard Marks is gonna be there too on a different night. I'm gonna pass. So he's right there waiting for you. Uh, I have in my memory. Two concerts that I absolutely hated. One of them, I don't know why I even bought tickets to go see. The other one, I was, again, with my wife. I did. I took her. So we saw Luke Bryan the first time in April. Then July, they were coming to Hershey. Probably should have just waited until the July show to buy tickets. But I bought tickets for both. So the whole day, week, the day before, and the day of leading up to the concert it poured down rain you know Hershey Stadium when it rains yeah it's I'm not, I'm not a big fan of Hershey Stadium to begin with because it's, it's no, tra- traffic is traffic horrible. is terrible that's the one of the worst things about Hershey is traffic and the seats are uncomfortable there we I bought four seats for us I mean if you're on the floor and it's just standing then it's fine but there are those folding chairs and they're zip tied together the these ones weren't zip tied, but they were like the folding plastic chairs. Yeah. So if you got someone that's big next to you, you're kind of squished and you can't yeah. maneuver like the chair. You and I would probably have to buy three seats in a <laughs> row just so we had that sp- that filler gap in the center. No, I mean, I've, I've been to Hershey a bunch but, of times. Yeah. It rained the whole entire day before the day of leading up to it. We were thinking that the concert was going to be postponed. No, only Thunderstorm will let it not play. Exactly. We're sitting there and out of nowhere, skies. It just stopped. The skies opened up. And then it got ungodly hot in a span of about 45 minutes. So, A, I'm sweating. B, I'm wet and soaked. And now I'm in drenched clothing. That was one of the worst, best slash worst concert experiences because I was with my wife. Well, girlfriend at the time, now my wife. So, I would say it was worth it. I've really only had two shows that got... I won't say postponed, but delayed the start due to thunderstorm. Never had that. Because one was a uh, Bruce Springsteen in the Meadowlands at MetLife Stadium the day before his birthday. Got there. Show was supposed to be 8 o'clock on the ticket, but he never starts at 8 o'clock. No show ever starts at yeah. 8 o'clock. I mean, I got into the venue probably about 7.30, got to my seat, and there was nobody on the field. So I'm like, all right, something's not right. And then within 15 minutes. Why am I minutes, the only person in a 50,000 person yeah. stadium? So then within 15 minutes on the big screen, it says, please seek shelter due to incoming thunderstorm. I'm like, it's not even raining out. And if you've ever been to the 
MetLife Stadium. They have these big pillars outside that have like advertisements on them that rotate through. So all of a sudden, a bright one came on. You could just see it started downpouring. Ooh. Uh, and it did let up for about an hour and a half. So it was 9.30 when it finally got done raining. So that's when they started allowing everybody back into the seating bowl out on the field. So the show didn't start till about quarter after 10. Did you have to work the next day? I did not, actually. And I would not have made it there because the Bruce does not play a short show. Oh, no. He's at least three or four hours in there. Yeah, so he played. He came out 10.30 to start the show, and it was uh, quarter after 2 when it was done. I had taken the train there. So we asked, like, are you sending more trains? Yes. We found out that's only for going into New York City. I was not going into New York City, so I had to sleep at the train station until 6.30 when the train started resuming. I feel like train stations are one of those things that you just run 24 hours. Nope, 2 o'clock in the morning is the last train, and then it starts again at 6-ish. So you got four hours of sleep. Not even, because, uh, well, first we went downstairs to find out. I was like, all right, my car is only like three to four miles away. So how much does a cab to get to my car? That's $100. No. Wait for another cab. I was like, well, we'll do it for $75. I'm like, still no. Yeah. 20 bucks. I'd be willing to do, because it's only three miles down the road. But I was like, nope. I was like, we're going to stay here, and uh, we're going to catch a nap on the bench up there. So you felt you were a homeless person. Yeah, but at least I was inside. Yeah, yeah. You were a clean homeless person. Yes. I've seen some dirty hobos. And the Sabaro gave us some free pizza that they were going to throw out, which was pretty terrible. Terrible. It was terrible pizza or terrible that they were going to give you free pizza? No, it was terrible pizza. Okay, I was like. Because it was the stuff that had been sitting out for a while, so it was kind of. Under the heat lamp, so it was already dried out. It was just like thick cardboard at this point. Yeah, but you could you could have built a shelter out of it. We could have, but since everybody's really hungry, like we're just gonna throw this out so like you guys can have it since you know, it's you know the middle of the night. <laughs> I would let it get cold and I would eat it more for breakfast. It was already like semi cold because I had to turn the heat light, yeah. heat lamp off for a little while. Yeah, because they were cleaning up and uh, yeah, so I didn't go home until ten a.m. the next morning. Oh, I would have made sure you were at work for eight a.m. I would have made sure I scheduled you for an 8 a.m. shift. It was my weekend off because the show was on a Saturday. It doesn't matter. I still would have been like, hey, I need you to come work. Yeah, I still would have been in New Jersey at that point. How many days? How many times have I done that to you? Like, hey, do you want to work today? <laughs> I'll give you a day off during the week if you come work now. Why? I had three people call on. Uh, give me an hour. I'll be there. Yeah. You live five minutes away. I don't know why it took you an hour. Because usually you call me when I'm still in bed. I'm not even ready yet. <laughs> well. I'm going to get a shower. I'm going to eat something before I leave. Perks of having to be a boss. You get to call people in, and it's the most opportune time. Yeah, I mean, I'll take the extra money. Hey, but some of those days, some of those days I had to call you in. I fed you. True. I took you for lunch. I went and got you food. Yeah. One almost gave me food poisoning, but it's all good. Look, <laughs> it wasn't my fault. Hey, I got a, got a free sandwich out of that. Yeah, you were going to pay me like $4 for your meal. I had to pay 10 for 12 I was mad. All I got was extra fries, and <laughs> I had a lunch of fries. No, I gave you some wings, didn't I? Didn't I offer you a wing? I think I ate one. Yeah. Like, here, do you want these? Feel that. They tried to kill you with salmonella poisoning. Which that happened at another show I went to. Nice get, little segue into that one. You got food poisoning? Or? I did. So, Rolling Stones uh, eating food out. 50th anniversary show. Uh, stopped at a restaurant before the show. And apparently my uh, chicken carbonara had some uh, some bad product in it. Ooh. I made it through the whole show without puking. Uh, but as soon as I got back to the train station, I puked all over the tracks. Oh, so again, you were a homeless person. Great. Yeah. Fantastic. Nobody bad in an eye either. Just what, like, cause, was that in Jersey or New York? New Jersey Prudential Center, so it was in New York. Exactly. Guess what? They're used to it. It's Jersey. Yeah, I gave my keys to my friends like you're driving home. 
Look, if you don't, if you don't see somebody throw up in New Jersey, are you really in New Jersey? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they've seen everything there. They don't bat an eye. Prime example, another segue is I remember going to a Buffett show at Camden where you have to drive through the city to get to it. Yeah, it's long. Did you ever drive through the city of Camden, New Jersey? Yeah, I was actually just there at that venue. Yeah. In the middle of summer when there's gunfire and people have their head out their windows try, and you're driving? I was there in September. You just go, oh, uh, no, hey, you pull everybody back in the car and you lock, you put the windows up and you lock the windows. Nobody's getting shot on my watch. So, yeah, that felt fun. We walked around a little bit beforehand, too. No. Why would you walk around inner city Camden, New Jersey? Because I was Pearl Jam show and I collect the posters and um, I so for- they had a... I forgot you're a poster collector. Yeah, so they have a merch stand that opened outside the venue that opened at 1 o'clock. You could start lining up at, like, 9 or 10. I got there at 11. line was already, like, ridiculously long, but... Did you get your poster? I got my poster, and I bought a second one, and I made, like, $200 by doing it. Mm. Paid for your, paid for your golf ticket. Paid for my yeah, ticket, the parking gas. fee, and the gas. So, easy way to make some extra money. I, say, I have a bunch of movie posters over in the other room. You can go look at when we're done here. Me and Dave were home with you today. He was a good <laughs> He was a very prompt guest. It was my fault we did not start recording on time. But I forgot I did. I changed the podcast up from last week's episode. That I had to go back and re-edit everything. As long as you enjoy it. I do. I have great conversations. You've listened to all the episodes. I mean, I think I'm doing a good job. What, what, are, your, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I'll keep listening for a little while. You keep listening? You're going <laughs> to listen to this episode again? See what I cut out and see what I keep in? Yeah. See how you edit me. Censor me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have a censor button yet, but don't say anything that's bad. Because I have, I have had some guests where they'll message me saying, "You didn't, didn't we talk about this?" I'm like, "Yes, I cut it out. Why? You rambled on for five minutes. I'm trying to keep people entertained here, okay? I don't want to be. Yeah, I'll, I'll edit out the uh, the dirty stuff I've seen at shows because I've seen plenty of it. Uh yeah, so have I. The most recent thing since uh, weed is legal in New York City, so you can't have. It doesn't benefit the people selling weed outside. So now they sell balloons full of whippets. Balloons full of whippets? Yeah. Care to explain how in the hell that works? So you have a balloon that's inflated with this gas, and then you, you inhale it, and it gets you high. It's like, now, yeah, you say it's like the whipping cream. Right? Yeah, when you, that's what I thought of. I'm like, yeah, that's basically what they're doing. Balloons full of ready whip? Well, it's just the gas for it. Yeah, but I was like, God... Yeah, saw that my most recent show in New York City. A handful of guys with big red balloons full of whippets. <laughs> oh, did they follow you down? Did they go into a swim drink? I mean, the one guy went to the subway with us. <laughs> oh, did you get the reference? Oh, I do. You got the <laughs> reference? Yes. Which that movie, I will never watch that movie. I hate clowns. Most people do. There's only two clown movies I like. Devil's Rejects. All right. Captain Spaulding. That's, yeah. that's a decent clown. And Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Yep, I've seen that. Two clown movies. Those are the only two clowns I like. I, I don't I don't mess with clowns. No Krusty the Clown. I'm not a Simpsons guy. I'm not <laughs> I'm not a Simpsons guy. I'm sorry. People hate me when I say that. I am not a Simpsons guy. I mean, staple of uh, TV for the last thirty years. I mean, I quality has gone downhill, but punks are so good at predicting things. They are. That's why I'm like I don't want to I don't want to see what happens. I don't need to see. We got a good track record on that stuff. You consider a good track record or a bad track record when you realize what all they predicted right? 
I mean, it's not all bad stuff. Nine eleven. Yeah, I mean that's kind of a gray area on that one with how they did that with the the pamphlet. <laughs> what else have the Simpsons predicted right? I know they predicted the Super Bowl right, a couple of Super Bowls actually. Yeah, I mean another thing if you want to count, they showed the the Rolling Stones still touring well into their seventies. Uh, yeah. They called it the wheelchair tour, even though none of them are in a wheelchair. Mick Jagger moved moves around better than I ever will. Get it rolling because they're yeah. rolling in a wheelchair. That's my yeah. dad joke for today. Very You're nice. welcome for mm-hmm. that one. There's a whole list though of everything that. Yeah. I think another one was like the video phone calling, but even then you can throw that back to the Jetsons. Yeah. Are we supposed to have flying hover cars by now? Still yeah, painful. Technically, George Jetson was only supposed to be being born in this past year. Holy shit! Are we really that old? Yeah. They did the math. They figured out he should be either was conceived or born at some recent time. Damn, we're old. I remember when the Back to the Future Day happened. Yeah, that's now almost eight years ago. So he went to 2015. Are we really that old? Yep. I mean, you're a lot, you're significantly older than I am. By like, what, four years? I turned 32 this year. Five years. Okay, still. You were, you were wiping, your, wiping your own butt by the time I was still pooping mine. Very true. Horrible halftime show. That was Did you a, see the memes from it? I the memes have been the best part. Yeah, that was more of a, I'm going to put this on mute. Yeah. I'm going to go, just go do the dishes while this is playing. Like, that's what, I, it was one of those things where me and a, me and a buddy that were watching the game kind of just went, what? Are we watching? Why? Why are we watching this? It wasn't as good as the past two Super Bowl halftime shows. Yeah, because we had like Eminem and stuff last year. Last year you had Dre, Snoop, Mary J. Blige, 50, M, and Kendrick Lamar. And the, correct me if I'm wrong, the year before that, I think we had the J-Lo Shakira halftime show. That was 2020. Because I went to a Super Bowl party for that one. I remember who did the 21. Let me look it up one second. Yeah, because I went to a Super Bowl party for 2020 because everything was still open and everything. I mean, I know where the it happened. It was in Tampa because that's... Tampa got the first win at their home stadium for a Super Bowl. The 2021 halftime show was a Snoop and Dre. Oh, yeah, okay, I'm getting ahead of myself here. Yeah, so it would have been... So that was last year's show. Is this technically... Te- no, this we're thing? counting this as 23. So I'm counting 22 as the Eminem, Snoop, and all that. The year that actually happened, not the football season. I don't remember who did 21. The 2021 one was the weekend. Oh, yeah, I would have forgotten all about that they, one. Thank you. Thank you. Because he came out when he had to, like his after his facial shirt. Yeah, I'm not yeah. a fan of the weekend. I'm not. But the 2020 halftime show, that was the good one. Yeah, that one I watched. That was Shakira and, and J-Lo. I mean, but just looking back at this list up here. So 2021 was the weekend. 2020 was Shakira and J-Lo. 2019 was Maroon 5. That was the Adam Lambert controversy where... Not uh, Adam Levine. Adam, yeah, same thing. Same person. <laughs> I hate Maroon 5, so they're the same. Yeah, I didn't, well, I saw that yeah. one at the bar, and they had the volume turned down yeah. for it. 2018, that was Justin Timberlake. A good show. No nipples were shown. Still mm-hmm. a good show. Yeah, that was in Minneapolis, because I know he did a Prince tribute. Yep, and then yeah, Lady Gaga was a year before that with the meat dress. I remember playing, I don't remember the meat dress, though. Yeah. Uh, Coldplay was 2016 with Beyonce and Bruno Mars, which that's just a weird... A weird trio right there. I'm not a fan of Beyonce. 15 was Katy Perry, Lenny Kravitz, and Missy Elliott. I just remember the shark. 
everybody, every. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie. I was probably one of those people that went on the Amazon to see whether I could buy a truck costume for. But I didn't end up buying it. And 2014 was Bruno Mars and Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah, because that's the one in the Meadowlands and the Chili Peppers got some flack because they blatantly showed their instruments not plugged in. Like, yeah, the halftime shows, yeah. they're always pre-recorded because they yeah. make sure it goes smoothly. Yeah, and they have to trim it down to 15 minutes. Yeah, they need to make sure it's going to fit in the time allotted. Yep. Some of it is live, but yes, most of the instrumentation is usually pre-recorded. I mean, I'm going to say 2009 was the best halftime show you've ever seen. Bruce Springsteen. You look, you already know. What about 2008? You had Tom Petty. Yeah, that was another good one. Cause I, then year before that was Prince, I believe. Yep, yep. And then there was the Rolling Stones before that. Yep, and then Paul McCartney probably. Paul there. McCartney. I forgot 2004. It was Janet Jackson and Justin Timberlake, Kid Rock, Diddy, and Nelly. Yeah, nobody cares about the other one because the only people remember was the, <laughs> the Justin Timberlake. The nipple incident. Timber- yeah, because I was a uh, senior in high school when that happened. Two thousand four. Yeah, you were a senior. I was in probably sixth or seventh grade. Because uh, I took a sports and entertainment marketing class, <laughs> and our teacher recorded the the game to sh- so we could go over the yeah. commercials the next day. Yeah. And everyone's like, "Can we watch the halftime show?" She's like, "No, <laughs> we can't." Yeah, the one girl just pauses right there, just right on it, just stares. What uh, are you doing? Nothing. Yeah, before 2004, I'm a little sketchy on who did it. I know, well, you two did it in 2002. Yeah, Shania Twain and No Doubt and Sting was in 2003. Yeah, I remember that one. Uh, I know Aerosmith did it at one point. Yeah, and that was 2001. It was a king of rock and pop featuring Aerosmith, NSYNC, Britney Spears, Mary J. Blige, and Nelly. So three, and within three years, Nelly did the halftime show twice. Yep. He did it in 2001 and then again in 2004. And you know what? 2023 or 2024, I guess. Let's just give Nelly the halftime show. Just Nelly. But he has to play strictly country grammar album songs. That's with the band-aid under his eye. Does he even do that anymore? The band-aid? No. No, that, that wound finally healed. He could have kept picking at it. <laughs> well, maybe the doctor told him to stop and he finally said, finally, let the scab over and fall off. All right, Mike. Now, the time that everybody probably likes to watch this, listen to this podcast for, our top five. Today's top five is your top five favorite music artists. Starting at number one or starting at number five? Whatever you want. You're the guest. You dictate how this list is going. So, I'll, I'll start with number five then. Okay. Oh, so we're going to go top, bo- bottom, top? Yeah. Great. Let's go. So, I had some thought over this one. Not as easy as I was expecting it to be, but... I'd probably put Pink Floyd at number five, just because it's one of the bands that I got into earlier than some of the other stuff. Uh, I pretty much only like the from Dark Side of the Moon on. I don't care for the early Pink Floyd stuff, so. But pretty much everything I believe they put out from Dark Side through the Division Bell, and if you want to count Endless River, I think is solid material. Okay, well, that's a that's a that's a nice st- that's a nice solid base. Yeah. I mean, if you go from Dark Side of the Moon up, it's a nice base. My number five, you're not going to like this answer. It's a country singer. It's Cole Swindell. Because I don't know who that is. He has a song out right now where he remixed um, She Has Me at Heads Carolina. My daughter loves that song. Whenever she hears it, she starts dancing. And with her being barely able to stand, it's her holding onto the side of the couch, just twisting her butt. So it's the most adorable thing you'll ever see. So I have to play that song at least three times a day in this house. That's my number five. 
close enough. And it's actually one of the it's the first concert we saw at the Boom Fair. He's done the Boom Fair twice in our seven years together. We saw him every time he comes to Boom. And this year we're going to see him up in Wilkes-Barre. But we're going to go take a nice little mom-dad weekend away in July and see a concert and go to Chris, Bruce Chris Steakhouse. Very good. Yeah, you know, you got to you got to keep the wife happy when you spend money on concerts. It's take a real nice singer too. Fair enough. So my number 4 would be Pearl Jam. Okay. Um always liked them uh, since high school and then I saw them for the first time uh when they closed the Spectrum in 2009. RIP. Yep. Never been there. Always let me go there. And I mean, I've seen them a handful of times since then. Uh, saw them in Baltimore, saw them at the Garden, saw them at Wrigley Field, saw them in Camden. But they're like Bruce, they change up their set list. Um, even though they're a 90s band, they definitely have the classic rock influence at times. I mean, he's good friends with Pete Townsend. I mean, he's been you know, a big fan of him from the get-go. All right, my number four, this might be a little controversial, is Dr. Dre. There's nothing wrong with Dr. Dre. Uh Especially with everything that he's made beats to, uh, all of his NWA stuff. Number three? What do you got? Number three would be Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band. So I saw him for the first time in his home area, Giant Stadium, the old Giant Stadium. Uh, Saw him there twice. Went in as a casual fan, walked away as, I need to see this man again. (laughs) And that started your your 12 plus time with seeing Bruce. So I saw him at the, close the old Giant Stadium, I saw him at the Spectrum. Uh, I saw him in Hershey a few times. I've seen him at the Garden. I've seen him in the Meadowlands Arena. You know, saw him at MetLife Stadium. Changes up his set list every night. Respected the man for his show being three plus hours. That's a lot to that's a lot to perform. He takes song requests out of the audience usually. People hold up signs. If you draw a nice sign, he tends to play the song. It doesn't matter if it's his or not. Yeah, sometimes he releases videos of it. Like he played "Staying Alive" the one time. Um, you know, they were in, like, Australia or something like that, and he played that song from Lord Ruler. She's my number three, though, right? Correct. I'm going to go with Aerosmith. I like Aerosmith. I've seen them only once. They canceled on me twice. I have not seen Aerosmith. I've always wanted to, but, yeah, Aerosmith is my number three. So my number two would be the Beatles. They were one of the first bands I got into outside of my number one band, which you'll find out in a minute. But... I already know your number one band. Yeah. Because we, we've already we've talked about this yeah. before. Yeah. So, Paul McCartney was my first big show. I saw some stuff at the fair as a kid, but Paul McCartney was my first big show. And in my mind, pretty much everything that the Beatles put out, you know, they can't do anything wrong. It's like, they're one of the few bands that you can listen to anything that they put out and it's a good song. They only have a couple that are deemed skip-worthy, in my opinion. Okay. okay. So I would say like 99% of their material is, you know, listenable. My number two is my list is just meant to create controversy from just the looks of it. It's ludicrous. I've actually seen ludicrous at a festival. I have not, but I mean, growing up, I remember watching Too Fast, Too Furious when he had his giant afro and he did like half the soundtrack. It's one of those things when if I'm at work or if I'm in the car driving and it comes on. I'm not turning it off. I'm turning it up. Number one is Queen. They've been my favorite band since I was probably about nine years old. They're one of the bands I've always thought their story was fairly interesting. 
because all four guys are, you know, they're educated in college. Uh, Brian May has a PhD in astrophysics. And just their intelligence shows a lot of the music that they've written that they're, you know, it's all very well put together. It's not just like, hey, we're four guys, let's just get put something out. Yeah. It's all well thought out, well produced. Again. And, oh, sorry. Yeah, again, pretty much every, not everything they put out is, you know, complete gold, but, you know. What about Dude, I Love My Car? That would have been a great song. So I'm in love with my car. Okay, yeah. you know what I meant. <laughs> I mean, it is a great song. Roger Taylor sang it, and I mean, it's still a live staple to this day when they uh, when they tour, because uh, they tour with Adam Lambert currently, and I also saw them with Paul Rogers back in two thousand five and six. Yeah, but that was always a staple for uh, Roger Taylor singing a song for the show. My, my number one is that's another country artist. So I apologize. Terrible. It's terrible. Uh, it's Granger Smith from Texas. Never even heard of that name. He does exactly. That's why a lot of people don't know about Granger. But the people that do, his songs are phenomenal. Him and his wife, they do great charity work. Great guy. Great content he creates on YouTube, and his songs are great. I mean, he's a country boy. Sorry. I'll take your word on that one. Yeah, <laughs> I won't make you listen to it because I know you would just be like, "No, I'm just gonna get out. I'm just gonna watch it." Mike, thank you for coming on. I know this was kind of a last minute. We were talking last night and trying to figure out our topics, and uh, I think we did a great job. So, yeah. again, thank you for taking time out of your schedule. Um, go sell some appliances. I will do just that. All right. Everybody, again, thank you for listening to Episode 5 of the Armory 33 Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Quinn. Have a great week, everybody.